From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas, and a very interesting show for you this evening. Uh, really excited about this episode of First Chair. We've got Chris Fellows and Doug Kachijan joining us. Did I say your name right, Doug? You did. All right, then let's just keep on going. <laughs> now, you two have been working together on a project. Um, Chris, let's start with you. I'd love to know how this came about. Uh, what is the title of your book, and what's it about? Uh, it came about um, in the summer of 2017, where Doug and I were with, with Nick Heron down in Portillo, Chile, and we were riding the chairlift together, and it's funny how many ideas come out of chairlift rides and um, or business plans or whatever, but we were all riding the chair together, and we looked down. It was a beautiful powder day, and people were just ripping up the powder below us and leaving all kinds of tracks in the snow. There were you know, beautiful round S-type tracks. There were Z tracks, you, know, you name it. But uh, it got us talking about you know, fitness and, and people's durability, body durability, and, uh, and we just had a conversation that ended late into the night about you know, how we could put something together that included video and text and stills and, and be interactive and be of real value to the membership. So that's kind of how it started in 2017. Um, Doug, do you have any other thing to add to that first? first yeah, I mean, I, what, what I would add on to that is when, when I was skiing with, uh, with Chris and Nick, I was actually one of their students. Um, and the methodology that, that Chris and Nick were using was, you know, essentially the PSIA methodology and their progressions. And, you know, I'm probably like an intermediate skier. And the, the more I learned from skiing about Chris and Nick, the more I saw that we spoke a, a common language. And that's just kind of the, the language of movement. So uh, in my profession, I'm a physical therapist. I run a, a sports medicine practice here in New York City. And just kind of the, the language they spoke and about as far as like how to get into certain positions and how those positions translate into good performance on the snow, a lot of those same positions and that same language carried over to what I try to do in my physical therapy practice and when I work with athletes. And so it's basically just, you know, how do you, how do you make somebody, number one, move well, and then how do you take somebody to move well and then do that in a state of fatigue and to do so dynamically? And that, that's what I'm doing with people off the snow in my practice. And so, you know, kind of talking more with Chris and Nick, we were, we were like, you know, it kind of makes sense that we're all speaking the same language here. How can we produce a, a product that could potentially benefit the PSIA's audience? Because, you know, I, I felt like I was very physically prepared to ski. Um, and I could do, you know, a whole day of going up and down powder runs and, and not get tired and not, not feel like the fatigue was masking my ability to, um, it wasn't hindering my learning. But at the same time, I didn't have the technical piece. And that's where Chris and Nick came in. So we figured, like, how do we get a resource that combines the, um, the, the technical piece and, the, and at least laying that technical framework? And then how do you build fitness on top of that so that you can ski and enjoy it? Um, and you, you need both those pieces. And we didn't see that there was any resource out there that, that combined those two things. So that was kind of the impetus for the book. Now, Chris, tell us about this whole project, because it is a manual, a book, but there is also video. How do people access this? Uh, you know, I, I just I will comment a little bit about what Doug was just saying, and then I'll answer that question. But, 
you know, somebody like Doug who has a high level of fitness, but maybe doesn't have as many days on the snow as, as others. Um, his, his base fitness allows him to, um, go through the process of, you know, trying something, maybe failing, getting back up, trying it again. And, and he can, he has the, the endurance to keep, keep up a pretty high level of trying for, for the, for the whole day if he wants to. But, um, it was, it was interesting to, to look at somebody uh, that had that high, high base of fitness and then building from there. But, you know, it, the way that it, the way we thought about it was we want something that people can access via the internet online um, where they have, they can look at video of drills and exercises on hills, on snow exercises or in the gym exercises and then have a, a specific program where they can kind of mix and match to appropriate for what they're what they need in their fitness package. So um, it's it's going to be it, it's there's going to be a um, a hard copy uh, that you can purchase, and you know that'll that'll have uh, all the programs in it, and it'll also have still photos where you can where there there's a QR code on those photos, and you can scan the your phone over the over the QR code, similar to the um, technical manual or the teaching manual uh, with PSAA, and um, and then you know you could, you could take that to the gym and look at look at those exercises while you're working out, or you can take that um, out on the hill and as you're riding a chair, you say, well, what was that exercise? And you know pull pull that skiing or boarding snowboarding exercise up as you're riding the chair. So it's it's going to be super interactive. I love how you integrate skills training and fitness training together, and I'd really like to touch on this because, I mean, in the off-season, I spend so much time on my bike. I, I really consider myself skinny fat because I'm so one-dimensional, though. Um, tell us the difference between skills training and fitness training. And, Doug, let's start with you. Yeah, so they're, they should be complementary, right? So if we're talking about snow sports, skiing and snowboarding, the way that we – break down the manual is we provide a little bit of a theoretical background just so people understand the the rationale for why we're doing what we're doing but it's really meant to be very practical so ultimately the the resource the project culminates with this three-month dry land training program that you can access uh from your smartphone and it's 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 very easy to to utilize so that even though you're going to have some of the written text in the electronic manual you can also resource uh access the the training program as an appendix and just look at that when you're at the gym so you're not overwhelmed by the rest of the manual but as far as like how we break it down we, we talk about whether it's, it's skill training or fitness development we have a model we break it down into four components so the first one is basically you can almost use the analogy hardware so whether you're trying to ski or do an exercise in the gym you have to have the hardware or your, or your joints have to be able to get into the positions that are required to do the movement so when it comes to skilled movements like skiing the whole isn't always the sum of the parts but you have to have the parts that comprise the whole otherwise your whole will be lacking if that makes sense so you need your joints to be able to get into the positions which is basically another way of saying you need to have the mobility to to achieve those positions so if you look at like a really good let's say like an elite ski racer and you see these photos of these people carving and doing a really like a high g-force turn i mean they're almost like gymnasts with how they can contort their bodies to get their skis or their, their boards on edge. So if your hips, knees, and ankles, as an example, don't have the mobility to get in those positions, 
it doesn't matter how skilled you are or how fit you are, you're already missing the foundation of, of, of that, that movement-based model. So the first thing is you have to have that hardware or the mobility. The next thing after that is you have to have the software. So software is you have these, these, these parts. Can you organize those parts in a way that um, gets them to move together and efficiently? So if you think of an orchestra, right, you can have all the individual instruments that, that comprise the orchestra, but if you don't have a way to conduct those instruments and get them to work in sync with one another, then the, the end product's not going to sound very good. So skill, that, that's essentially skill, and skill is a huge component of movement, but beyond that, you have people who are very, very skilled, so they have the, the hardware and the software or the skill, but they lack fitness. So like I, I ski with a bunch of people in my group with, uh, with Chris and Nick where they were much better technical skiers than me, but they had to stop an hour or two early because they, you know, they couldn't deal with the, the fatigue or they just, they just basically got wiped doing run after run. So once we have the hardware and the software, then we need to be able to produce forces dynamically. And so we can call that power. You have to have the horsepower to be able to take that, those joint positions and that skill and produce forces either very rapidly or very forcefully which is what's required to do, you know, a high G-force turn. But then beyond that, you've got to have the capacity or the, the fuel economy because if you can do, you know, one or two really powerful, highly technical turns, but you can't do that throughout the course of the day when you're on the mountain, then your your capacity or your fuel economy, or another, another way of saying that is endurance, is going to be your, your limiting factor in your performance. So you've got to be able to get into the positions, organize them in kind of a highly skilled technical way, You've got to be able to get into those positions forcefully and dynamically and then be able to do that repetitively to be a good skier. Now, this is all relative, right, because a world-class racer might have to do those runs for, you know, those movements for no more than two minutes at a very high intensity, whereas a recreational skier isn't producing, isn't moving with that kind of intent or intensity, but they're doing, you know, maybe 30,000 vertical feet in a good day. So this stuff is all relative, but we try to demystify these fitness and training programs where we're saying no matter what you're training for, no matter what sport, your, your physiological menu or your training menu is comprised of these components. And then what we do in the manual is we, we kind of take, we can't obviously create the perfect resource for everybody, but we're trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's the demographic, what's the target audience here, and try to find kind of like the 80% solution where, where we have the kind of person in mind who's, you know, a high-level recreational coach, skier or border and somebody who just wants to basically not have a, a physical limitation, whether it's with mobility, skill, endurance, or power, interfere with their ability to get out and have a really good day, a fun day on the snow. Now, Chris, this is a very unfair question to you to actually have to limit you on time on it. I've got a whole podcast coming up on the physics of skiing. I'd love for you to go over some of the bio, biomechanical concepts of sound skiing. What, what makes those Oh, I think Doug, you know, Doug was, was touching on that stuff and, you know, he was talking about positions and, and you know, with, within P, PSIA and Ozzy, we, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about movements and I think what, what he's talking about in positions, he's talking about um, physiologically being, being balanced so you, there's, there's no compensation and there's no... Um, misalignment you know we, we talk a lot about that and and so from from a biomechanic standpoint especially when you're, you're teaching snow sports you know you've got to start with a solid foundation with with that stance and balance and alignment 
And if you if you can't start there, then you then you're kind of behind the eight ball. So um, starting from a, a good a good neutral stance where you can freely move in all planes of motion is 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 critical. And we we address that in the book. There's some great uh, video and and uh, stills of move you know the, the different planes of motion and and how to move effectively there. But all of us have areas of compensation. Maybe it was an an injury that we've had in the past, or maybe it was um, a leg length discrepancy. You know, there, we all nobody has the perfect physio- physiology, um, so we're all dealing with something. So to address that from the start, and then look at it from a from a fitness standpoint, and and, and trying to uh, work so you're not resting on connective tissue, or you, you know, you're not you're not. Uh, improperly aligned with your with your boot setup so so you can um work in all those different planes of motion effectively and you know and and the and being able to to not only work in that range but have a full range so being strong and flex being flexible and strong can be two different things you can be super flexible but have no strength at the the ends of your range of motion but if you're if you have strength through the whole range then you can be way more effective in in a dynamic way. So we 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 don't get too far out there. We try to keep it really, fu- you know, a basic fundamental idea in terms of alignment and stance, and and then you know, kind of use that as our as our foundation. Now, two questions, kind of to both of you at the same time here, um, but to wrap up. Doug, could you really kind of work with us on how to use this manual? And, and before you start with that, why don't you give us the title of it? And then, Chris, I would love for you to touch on how we can always keep this specific to being on the snow. Doug, let's start with you. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the name of the manual, and I obviously should know this, is uh, Fitness for, for Snow Sports. I mean, it's in the final editing phases, so that's, I think, you know, one of the... There's been a bunch of working titles in the last, so it's, it is confusing. The last title was fitness for skiing and snowboarding. Right. Oh, Got it. Who knows? If that, that may change. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know, but that's, a, that's the last I saw. But what won't change is how to use the manual. So how to use it is, I mean, it is a, a book and meant to be kind of like a standalone resource for, you know, the, the thing with the fitness industry is it's very fragmented. Like, you have to go one place to learn about mobility and one place to learn about strength and one place to learn about conditioning or endurance. And it's very hard for like a non-professional to piece all that stuff together. So we tried to create a singular resource where basically it's like, here's everything you need in one place. And we try not to make it too, uh, too wordy. And, uh, you know, we wanted to make it extensive, but also very simple to follow. So the way that it works is we, we have kind of like, um, you know, like, like a normal book, a couple of chapters on just the, the theory behind the program and why we're doing what we're doing. But like I said before, it culminates with this three month training program that's, that's ideally meant to be done like right before the snow season, because we know that once people start enjoying the snow season, um, ideally they're, they're on snow and they're not spending too much time in the gym. Cause if you have a good snow day, you'd rather be outside than inside. But so, you know, it, it doesn't have to be done right before the season, but in an ideal world, that's when you would do it so that you're more physically prepared for when you go on snow um, but beyond that, I mean, you'll see that the program follows a very particular and repetitive template. So the idea is once people complete that program, they'll know enough about how to program their workouts that they can basically just do whatever they want and kind of 
plug and play with things that maybe they've already done previously, but they'll, they'll have a better rationale for, for what they're doing. So we're not trying to like, um, you know, reinvent the wheel here, but we do want to provide a systematic way that people can organize their off snow workouts. And so we do that three month training program, but once people complete that, or even if they don't, they should have enough information from that point to, to modify the workouts in the manual to create something that works for their particular situation. So we've got a very formal template in place. We also recognize that people are busy with their personal lives and professional lives, and they should be able to take the principles, which is the most important part, take the principles from the manual and then apply it to whatever their particular setting is. Chris, take us out onto the snow with us. So you're gonna the, the first thing that you're gonna see is you're gonna see some uh, functional mobility warm up exercises on snow, and uh, they'll um, we'll take you through those. You'll have a video of that stuff and uh, some uh, voiceover in the video that'll describe what you need to be thinking about, what you need to do, and that's a um, probably ten or fifteen minute warm up. Uh, then we then we head out on the snow, and then we have suggestions that correspond with. Your, the dryland training program uh, with capacity, power, mobility, touch, and uh, in, in ideas, exercises, and drills, and in focuses that you can take out on the snow and and use as your as your on snow training. I, we all love to go out and, and rip around and just go free skiing, and, and you've you've got to have some of that as you train for sure. But it's also good to have some, have some specific focuses that tie into what you're doing with your dryland. And um, and that's what we're giving you with this on-snow training program. Now, last question for both of you. People can come up with great ideas, but then taking those ideas and really getting them into uh, fruition can be really difficult, especially when you have two people working together. How did it just so happen that the two of you were able to work so well together, Doug? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I- Honestly, it was. You, you would think that it'd be very difficult to kind of have two people co-author a book, and we don't live any. I mean, we live on different sides of the country, but um, I mean, you know, Chris mainly stuck to the the ski-specific aspect of the book, and I stuck to the fitness aspect. And because of that, and because we, like I said before, kind of speak that similar language. I mean, minus some some like formatting stuff that neither of us are too savvy on that required the help of some of the editors. I really felt like it was pretty seamless and there weren't really any points where like either of us wrote anything that was contradictory. So I think that's why, you know, when, when uh, Nick heard Chris and I talking, he, he, he knew that we'd work well together and he was basically like on the chairlift. He goes, I want you guys to write a book and I'm not going to have that much time to help you with it, but you guys can do it. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, there, there you go. I guess we're do- I guess we're writing the book. <laughs> Chris, that's then, quite uh, the compliment. <laughs> yeah. How did it go? I just learned to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was no, it was great. I mean, Doug is Doug's incredible to work with. You know, he's super bright. He's got some experiences from not only as a as a collegiate athlete and in in the military, but his uh, his practice uh, working with with uh, not only elite athletes but everyday people that have have had injuries or have had issues. So um, it was great. I, I learned so much just hanging around him and, and listening to what, what he's talking about. And it was a unique situation because I, I w- had been able to work with him on his skiing and and uh, we were able to, as I kind of worked through some of the drills and exercises, 
you know, he would just shake his head, and then he would explain to me some of the uh, physiological um, components that, that we're working on, and, it, you know, it just all tied in. So I think we both have respect for each other, so just to be able to step aside and let the other one carry the ball for a little bit made a huge difference in, in this project. And, and last... we, had some, we had great support from the from the organization as a whole. I mean, b- between, like, the, the editors and the photographers and and everybody who helped organize all the events, like it was, all we really had to do was just focus on the, on the writing and none of like the logistical and technical stuff. So it, it allowed us to really focus on what we're good at and it made the process much more enjoyable. Yeah, the, the support team was incredible. And, and you know, they, they gave us the, the flexibility to be, be creative with what we're, we're talking about and like, kind of do what we're, we're good at and what we're not good at. They, they helped out and kind of walked us through it. So I can't say enough for, for the team that we worked with um, for getting this project, you know, through, through and, and, is, and done as quickly as it, as it was done, which I think was pretty fast. Last question for you. When and where will this be available? This, is avail- this will, should be available within the next couple of weeks online. The digital version is coming out, I think, in two weeks. And then a little after that, another uh, few weeks after that, um, you'll be able to purchase the, the written um, hard copy. So um, look for it. And I think uh, PSA has already started to, Ozzy has already started to uh, put out some promotions on it. And uh, I think uh, it'll, it'll be online real, real soon here. Well, Doug Kachijan, Chris Fellows, thanks very much for joining us on First Chair. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, George. From the PSI ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.